0: G'day, guys. I'm Aaron Schultz with episode one hundred and fifty-two of the Outback Mind podcast. Appreciate you joining in once again. Episode one hundred and fifty-two. I have Aiden Blizzard on with me today. Aiden. Uh is a young fella that comes from Shepparton, Country Victoria. Uh, I know or knew Aiden's dad years ago, Craig, and um, yeah, Aiden. I sort of I sort of watched come through. I was a bit of a hack cricketer back in the Shepparton comp, and sort of watched Aiden come through as a young fella, and was really um really good. You know, playing playing a high level of cricket at a young age, and uh, he progressed there, went down to Melbourne, and sort of never looked back. Started to. Um, Get a go with Victoria, got a contract with Victoria, played there for a few years. Uh, Then he went to South Australia and ended up at Tassie playing down there, um, primarily uh, in the 2020 side of things with uh, the Hurricanes. And um, really explosive player. So it's really going to be interesting to sort of hear... Aidan's journey um, from growing up in the country and also you know leading up to uh, having a you know professional cricketing career. He went overseas played for Mumbai Indians and all that too and um, uh, you know had um, had a, a really good uh, go at it. It's just uh, interesting to sort of see whether he may have thought that he could have been a bit earlier or whether if he was coming on the scene now it might have been a bit more lucrative for him um, as a player with the uh, expansion of the short form of the game and all that type of stuff. And also talk a bit about mental health and cricket and um, you know, what he may have observed himself as a player and um, with others around him and that too. So uh, yeah, if you're a, into cricket or not, I'm sure you're gonna get lots out, uh, from this chat. You know, a really good uh, uh, young fella. And um, yeah, I really encourage you to share this podcast um, with anyone that you may think might, might find it helpful. Um, yeah, we're gonna go into a bit here, cricket and outside cricket as well. So I'm sure you're gonna enjoy the chat. Please, uh, if you can support our prominent partner, Green Nutritionals, I'd really love that. They provide green organic superfoods, which are sourced from the best places around the world. So if you're lacking something in your diet, um, their products are, are purely organic and unique and I uh, really encourage you to check them out. Uh, the website is greennutritionals.com.au. Their products are available all around Australia, good health food stores, but also online. So uh, jump on and have a look and help me out if you can. All right, appreciate your feedback uh, on this. Uh, my email is support at backmind.com.au. Love the comments and uh, and feedback I've been getting on all the other podcasts. Aidan, how are you mate?
1: I'm really good. How are you? Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, very, very delighted uh, to speak with you, mate. I think I was thinking about it. The last time I saw you and spoke to you was in a hotel in Mumbai in uh, <laughs> t- t- 2015. You wouldn't remember me, but we just happened to be staying at the same motel as the Mumbai Indians, me and my son. And uh, yep. and, and you were you come out the lift. I was talking to you. Then Kane Richardson come out. Then Ricky come out, and all these players. <laughs> my, my son was 14 or 15, and he's like, "Jewel was nearly dropping to the ground," you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully I was nice and I'd, um, hopefully I was on my way to training and I wasn't coming home from training because I, um, yeah. having spent three hours standing around waiting for a bat, I reckon I would have been pretty exhausted and grumpy by then, so hopefully oh, I got you on the way right.
0: out. I can imagine, yeah, like you you were probably there as more of a backup more than anything, I suppose, were you?
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, I think my first season I ended up playing five or six games towards the end of the tournament, and I played in the um, the Champions League as the as the opening batter, but outside of that, I was literally I was a backup batter, uh, and it was quite unique because I could bat from anywhere between one and seven. So mm. I was always on standby, but um, very rarely got got <laughs> the tap on the shoulder or the um, well, I didn't get tagged in very often. Op- uh, very very often. So yeah, I I used to wait around at training for a bat, and I used to wait around. <laughs> through a game as well. So yeah, it was quite interesting. But um as you say, those those guys that came out of the lift um and India, um, mm. what a combination to be able to play cricket in.
0: Oh mate, well yeah like just being uh just being there in that environment would have been awesome, you know. And um I think boy we talking to my young but you wouldn't remember but but Sam was born in Shepperton and um uh basically I, I spent uh a good ten years in Shep and I might have played cricket against your dad, too, I reckon. Uh, he might have been coming out of it. He, he did make my wife's engagement ring. So I, I, I do need to see him because I need to get a refund <laughs> <laughs> on that, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, but, uh, mate, I, I remember he was a young fella there uh, running around. And uh, I think I might have even played against you. Uh, you were playing seniors at, like, 14 or something like that. I reckon it might have been, like, in A reserve or something, they called it back then.
1: Yeah, um, I did start playing senior cricket as a 14-year-old, I believe, yeah. from memory, and yeah, I played, I think I played two games in C grade, one in B grade, and then um, they shifted me up to A, um, and when you say reserve batter, I was essentially the project, um, <laughs> batting at 6 or 7, they'd slide me up or down, depending on what the wicket was like, but um, yeah, even just touching on Shepparton, you um, talk about India and been talking about my career in depth, but um, Shepparton was was amazing for me. Um, amazing people, amazing opportunities, um, and I guess I didn't really, I haven't really reflected on it too much. I was inducted into the, uh, I think I was in the honour roll of the Hall of Fame in, in Greater Shepparton um, a couple of months ago. But um, just to be able to grow up in the country um, and those opportunities that you do do get. Um, being a smaller place and um, obviously a very, very, very um, heavily sporting community um, was absolutely amazing. So uh, very grateful to grow up there, but also to um, to come across a lot of people. It's a bit of a transient town at times, but these, you always bump into someone from And No matter where you are yeah. in the world, yeah. I think I've bumped into someone from and everywhere.
0: <laughs> it's funny, I was thinking about it last night, and the amount of people that I know that have come through that have gone on to play AFL or... Um, even back then the Golden Valley League had a lot of good players coming back to play in that comp but the cricket standard was really strong you know, I, I loved it. It was a real challenge every week. There wasn't too many weak sides in that, you know. And, um, yeah, it was just a really good environment. You guys had, like, Darren Metzke. And if I, if I didn't run into him on the on the field, it would be at the nightclub that night. Or, um, <laughs> or uh, all those sorts of guys, you know, Rob DeLutis and, and all them. And they were bloody, really, really good cricketers, mate.
1: Yeah, it, it's funny you say that. Um... There was There hasn't been too many players from Shepparton that played first-class cricket. But um, back when I was um, playing in that competition, the, the teams were strong. Um, but country week was alive as well, mm. so uh, a lot of a lot of the best players would go to, to go to Melbourne Country Week and Bendigo Country Week and and play uh, a really good standard cricket. And yeah, it's it has somewhat shifted as society shifted, and obviously our time is extremely precious. Um, at the moment, but yeah, look, that competition was super strong and it was a great opportunity for me to, to cut my teeth against adults, number one, but number two, um, to play with and against some pe- some very generous people um, who would both sledge me and coach me while I was on the field at the same time. <laughs>
0: yeah, um,
1: but yeah, they, they did have a lot of experience and um, they weren't um, in any way, shape or form rude or... Um, well overly generous they were just they were just really good people um who had a great interest in in developing and nurturing talent and um Mm. i was super lucky to to be able to come through that pathway
0: do you remember anyone from Aruban that would have been trying to knock your head off back then
1: group young was his name (laughs) i
0: was about to uh to mention that yeah yeah
1: yeah (laughs) no he did try i think he bowled me probably five or six overs in a in a semi-final that we lost as SYC, but there was, mate, I, don't, I couldn't count on one hand how many balls were pitched up. They were all sort of <laughs> my rib, rib cage or above. But again, um, lovely bloke. He um, a little bit aggressive with his bowling at he? but um, yeah. an experience that I took a lot from. So he, I'm very grateful.
0: He was only interested in getting another stat, mate. And that's all. Just, <laughs> just, just to talk about it. I got so many wickets that year or whatever, trust me. So... Uh, mate, uh, um, <laughs> when, when, when did you, like, realise that you had the potential to sort of, you know, take it further as a cricketer? Um,
1: I probably didn't, to be honest. Um, it, I really took cricket seriously when I turned 18. Look, Aussie Rules Footy was my go. And um, mm. I was in the Bush Rangers, I was All-Australian under 15. I had a lot of issues with injury, um my body was just not holding up. So I decided uh, when I just after year 12, I was 18, I decided rather than put myself through another um, pre season and um, hurting myself all over again, I, I decided to go to England and play. I played village cricket at Munford Cricket Club, which is in um, Norfolk County. I would be shocked if anyone listening to this has, has heard of Munford. Um, but I, I played six games in. Um, in the first 11 for richmond cricket club and and it was a it was a step up from where i'd come from but i sort of was still pretty comfortable with it and quite kind of naive so i faced quite a lot of um top level bowlers and it didn't really faze me too much i was sort of doing my thing as a as a naive country guy who just saw the ball and and tried to whack it over the fence um pretty much every other ball uh so yeah it it didn't really hit me until during that time there was a tour and uh, tour group called the crusaders and cricket victoria actually jumped on board and took eight of their um up and coming talented players so they they called me in to have a bit of a go and um the rest is really history i met greg shippard there i think that was the year before david hooks um before wife. david hooks died and um yeah, look, I, I came back from from England uh, a little bit earlier. The VIS took me on a tour, and um, Greg Shippard sort of took me under his wing and started coaching me a little bit um, outside of the squad. And I think the year year after, I was given a rookie contract. So, um, I, to be brutally honest, I didn't, I didn't not believe that I could play at that level. I just didn't. I didn't really think too much about it. I was, uh, I was just there for. To, to play at the, the highest level I could um, with no super, super ambitions. But um, obviously once I got into that squad and got a taste of what it was like to to play against those top players um, in practice games and at training, uh, that, the hunger really started to stir and drive. And, um, yeah, from there I never really looked back. Mm,
0: unreal, mate. I, I sort of, yeah, watched... Uh progress uh, I suppose from afar and um, what was it like um, to sort of be in that system and environment then like who were some of the, the well-known players that you would have come across as a young fella in the Victorian squad?
1: Yeah there was some pretty good ones actually it was uh, it was still Matthew Elliott still in Victoria mm-hmm. um, so it was Matthew Elliott obviously from yeah. um Brad Hodge, um, Warney was in and out. Um, we had Shane Harwood, Mick Lewis, Dirk Nanez, mm. cool. Who else was there? Bryce McGain, Andrew McDonald, Michael Klinger, um, Clint McKay, John Hastings, Finchie. Finchie ended up pushing me out of my spot, which was um, <laughs> probably a good thing for Australian cricket that they didn't <laughs> keep me blocking him for any longer. Um, Glenn Maxwell played great cricket with. So, yeah, there was pretty much <laughs> most Victorians who played for Australia were. Um, from that era and um, yeah look what what more could you ask for the the training sessions were ferocious they were the most competitive sessions that I've ever ever been involved in um, anywhere in the world Um, the culture there was it was um, it was dog-eat-dog really the um, the training sessions were were fully intense Um, they had high expectations and um, it was quite rewarding to to be honest Um, and yeah, that, that was probably the starting point for me to, to learn pretty quickly of how you needed to train, the intensity that you need to turn up, but also um, how to go about playing the game at, at that level. It's obviously, you can't just wing it. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of tactics involved and they figure out pretty quickly. So um, like any sport, you've just got to be on your toes and, and mature as quickly as possible. Mm.
0: Well, you, you're probably fortunate that you had Grip Young trying to knock your head off because it probably prepared you for Mick Lewis <laughs> in, in the nets. <laughs> yeah, would, he would have I'll been never forget
1: nervous. my first. Yeah, my first net session, um, I think Hooksy put me in the, the fast bowling net. So it was Ian Harvey, um, Shane Harwood, Mick Lewis, and there was one other. Um, with new balls So I um, I was found out pretty quickly <laughs> I think it, I think you normally get Six or eight minutes um, Net When you're at um, At club training On a Tuesday or Thursday Six minutes usually Eight minutes if you're uh, If few people don't turn up mm. And I reckon I was in that Net for 15 minutes And it felt like an hour and a half really? It was Absolutely terrifying But amazing to get, to get out of there in one piece
0: Lots of chin music
1: Yeah the, Look Oh we were at the Junction over, we weren't at, um, weren't at the MCG, so it was a little bit, there was a bit, bit more grass on it than what you'd usually expect, but I was seaming around everywhere, there was yeah, there was some short balls in there, but um, yeah, again, balls pitched up, I was trying, to was swinging pretty hard, so I think that was incentive enough to not pitch it up for any of those guys with this young <laughs> punk who was, uh, who was prepared to have a crack.
0: How old were you then, mate?
1: I reckon I was 19.
0: Jeez.
1: <laughs> I reckon I was 19, so.
0: Unbelievable. Yeah, it was good fun. Yeah, it's like you're getting bullets fired at you consistently. You're, you're at a rifle range and you're just trying to dodge bullets, I would have thought back then, so pretty. Yeah, um... look, cricket's
1: a unique sport. Yeah, cricket's quite unique, obviously. Um, there's there's variables in every sport, which makes sport really challenging, and, and that's why people watch it. Mm. But cricket's quite unique. Obviously, you've got the ball you've got the wickets you've got the overhead conditions there's all sorts of wind there's all sorts of um different variables so um yeah it's a it's a unique game and yeah i was really grateful for those opportunities that's for sure
0: so so just just moving on we'll talk about cricket before we sort of get into other stuff but but just moving on from there mate you um you sort of come in and out of it a bit did you sort of doubt yourself a little bit as you were coming through and whether you were good enough or did it sort of progress for you pretty well um
1: yeah look I was in and out in Victoria and I went to South Australia after that but essentially what happened for me was I was in a really tough tough squad um to get a game in um and my my grade stats were pretty good I played a lot of one- day cricket but didn't really know I played a great I played my role really well um and that's probably that's potentially something that I reflect on down the track not so much red ball cricket but my my first part or my my one day domestic average is is appalling. I think it's like nineteen from fifty match or forty six matches or something like that. Mm. And one of the challenges that I faced in the in the shorter form, um, even through my T twenty career, was I was I was super prepared to play a role within a team. And more often than not, that was to go out and be explosive from the start, go mm. after the bowlers. Mm. Um, so you're either In the first six overs, you've got two fielders out, or I think it was the first 10 or 15 overs for for the 50-over games. You only had a couple of fielders. And the tactics were, were please go out and have a crack. Um, We'd have targets for for different grounds, so we knew what the the average winning score was uh, if you're batting first or second um, after 15 overs or after six overs. So um, I had a target there to go, which which was great. It was great for the team. Look, we won, um, I was part of five big bash titles, um, across my career, which is absolutely amazing. But, um, when you look at, um, higher honors, um, there's an, there's an, there's an era of sometimes you've got to play the game, um, and you've got to play a little bit more towards, um, towards a bit more of a strategy, I guess. Um, so my strategy was to do that for the team. And, um, yeah look i i was in and out of teams and i think that was definitely a contributing factor but I also can't overlook the fact that i played a lot of aussie rules when i was a youngster i didn't come through the traditional pathway system Mm -hmm. um i had some great mentors in shepparton but um, in terms of technical coaching i didn't have too much and and tactically um i didn't necessarily understand how to play at that top level i was really good at country cricket but there's a different there's completely different conditions and different tactics, so um, I feel like I went down the path of how can I contribute to the team, um, as opposed to how am I going to score big runs consistently, hold my spot, and um, and aim for higher honours or or just stay in that team. So that was, upon reflection, um, that's that's essentially how my career sort of evolved, and I was I, I had a great career, um, but reality was I was one of the last picked. Um, or the first dropped in, in most teams. And that's, um, that's quite challenging to, to get comfortable in and, and obviously to, to put the flag in and, and knowing that you've got 10 Shield games or you've got 10 uh, one-day domestic games that you can go out there and perform. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was quite mentally and um, emotionally taxing. But, uh, again, it's actually the resilience that you build from that um, week on week, day on day... Knowing that the chairman of selectors is coming over to chat with you to tell you that you're in the team still or you're out of the team is actually it's quite daunting <laughs> at times, and yeah. so you um, know that fight or flight. Yes. Um, I think I tried to to escape once, like just to sneak off and not let them tell me if I was in the team or not. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, that was that was the harsh reality of, of elite sport, and um, it's it's it was a it was a really brutal brutal, um, initiation, but, um, some seriously, um, strong character building opportunities and some lessons to take that I've been able to take out of cricket as well.
0: Yeah, mate, well said. And you've come out the other side of it, you know, really, really, um, you know, beautifully, I suppose, with what you're doing now and that too, but we'll, we'll talk about that more. And I, I guess, um, one thing that come to me there, like it would affect anyone's mental health with, with self doubt and, all those sorts of things, am I good enough, you know, you just, some, some people are really motivated, they just want to play, you know, whether that's footy, cricket, whatever, they just want to, they just want to go out there and do their job, you know, but did that, did that really affect you, did you ever sort of, like, maybe feel depressed from, from that un- uncertainty, I suppose?
1: Um, yeah, I, I didn't really jump into depression, it was my anxiety, so um, um, I, I didn't look backwards often, I was really good at seeking what's next Mm. um and that happened with teams and happened with games and i think in cricket in particular um when you go to the ipl or even the big bash now the way it's sort of coming up you're playing a game every other day so um reflection time is normally done by the time you get in the car and and drive home or you jump on the team bus but in terms of um mental health i had a lot of challenges with anxiety Mm. a hell of a lot of challenges with anxiety and um that was more so um it was more so the the uncertainty of look i lost my job seven or eight times i lost contracts which is my job um i was one of the last picked or first dropped as i sort of said which which plays on you i think people just want security in life and, and to know what's coming next and um yeah look i had i had um i was suffering from anxiety up until um it still pops up i'm going to work hard on Mm. on maintaining my emotional well-being and health but Mm. i think the the thing that really um really hit me hard was that emotional exhaustion um between between game days and so training you've got to train your ass off um to put your best foot forward and um just that recovery between training and game it was just getting too much for me to handle um Mm. so i really struggled on a a lot of game days where I'd turn up and I was absolutely spent before the first ball was bowled. And that was um, the worry or the insecurity of am I playing, am I not playing, Um, what's my strategy or tactics against X, Y, Z, bowler. And I also worried about a lot of things that I couldn't control, Um, which, yeah, it it was a a huge lesson for me. But also, I think at that time, um, mental health and... Uh, even strategy for for um, for understanding yourself wasn't necessarily one of the the biggest drivers in in cricket at that time. Mm-hmm. Like you obviously look at um, some guys around now, like Will Pekoski, I think uh, Marcus Trescothick from England. He was probably one of the first to come out and say he was struggling. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a it's a completely different game now. But we had absolutely everything we needed access to. But I think that um, the sports psychology. Slash um, support from outside of the game wasn't necessarily something that players were open to exploring, which which I'm glad they are now because it's a it's a huge part of everyday life. Let alone um, when you put a microscope and a and a heat lamp over over someone when their their career is televised all over the world or, or yeah. on um, or on national television.
0: Yeah, mate, will really really well said. It's it's interesting to hear your analogy of that anxiety and, and that. That a lot of that res- really resonated with me um you know with um with your own journey and just my experience in the workplace and and you know in even in those environments where there's lots of uncertainty you're always you're always you know in that doubt mode aren't you and that that causes lots of um lots of tension and um You know, if you're relaxed, and this is like, I'm really passionate about helping people settle their nervous systems down now, because I had to learn how to settle mine down. And um, you know, if you can learn to do that, if you grab a cricket bat, you're not holding it with tension; you're grabbing it with uh, with a bit of ease. You know, and I believe if you can take that into a game, that relaxation and be able to, you know, just do your job because you already know what to do. You know, you're much more effective, I believe, doing that calmly than what you are when you're anxious. Would you agree?
1: yeah i totally agree with you um i think there's some underutilized tools out there um like i wish i learned a little bit more about nlp Mm -hmm. earlier in earlier doors i've seen i've seen a a sort of practitioner a lot not long ago who was um who was into the site k Mm -hmm. um, method so there's look i don't think the differences between sport and work life um even Mm -hmm. um regular life i don't think they're too different i just think that sometimes that you are on TV, or you're on a um, on a perceived pedestal of people watching, that that the the challenges that everyone faces are quite they're all we're all unique. Um, we all have we all got our own shit to deal with, um, and I just feel that yeah the awareness now um, is is tenfold what it used to be. Mm. And I'd love to I'd love to come through the system now and have that support and see where see where I went um, in the game. But I, I totally agree with you. Um, when you've got a projectile or a missile coming at you at 150 clicks and you've got a bat in your hand and if you're thinking about something other than um, finding a clear mind and, and being able to react to that ball, then you're in some serious trouble. Yeah. And, it, and it happens to a lot of people. And sometimes you can see it from a mile away and other people have got a really good mask and a great way of of, of hiding it or putting on that game face. But um, mm. I think people would be very shocked at, at the at the real numbers that, um, that we, we probably don't know um what people what happens to people when they go home and spend time with themselves like i know that we used to talk a lot about cricket particularly when we were looking at um turning elite in terms of skin folds and diets and things like that and it really was the things that you didn't see which 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 were, were contributing the most to people's fitness results and i think um mental health is exactly the same it's It's not necessarily what you see when people are in public it's what what they go through at home and when they're when they are alone Um, when those lights are off and they're in bed or um, when they're avoiding doing basic things like uh, majority of the time we just don't know so it's a it's a really um a really prevalent thing in society particularly now going through this pandemic i'd encourage people to to check in um with trusted colleagues or even if they're not comfortable with that just to reach out there's plenty of services out there but um it's not the time or or place in society to be to be going it alone at the moment
0: yeah absolutely mate and um um you know interesting um uh with regards to that because Life's changed a lot from when you were a young fella playing in and to what it is now and all these other things that can, you know, trigger anxiety and all those sorts of things are, you know, much more prevalent and relevant. We've got all these distractions and diversions that weren't, weren't once there. And, um, you know, I, I just, yeah, I believe I've, I, I don't know, I, I mentioned to you, I did some work with um, the Tassie Tigers years ago and, I could tell these guys were upbeat and bantering uh, around themselves, but when they were away from that environment, they were a little bit nervous, you know, possibly. Uh, yep. And uh, I sort of realized then that a lot of work needed to be done above the shoulders. And um, um, I just believe that 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 is a huge need to be able to manage the mind so it's balanced and. Um, You can manage your nervous system. We've all got the power to do that, you know. We we really have. We just need to learn the skills and keep showing up every day. It's just like going to the nets, you know. Same thing. If you you show up uh, every day to be able to help your mind settle down, then then everything um, works better, but also other people around you benefit from that, I reckon.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And um, I think you've hit the nail on the head. Skill development... um, For sport is is exactly the same as skill development for your mind um Mm. and the neurons fire Mm. um you develop those neural pathways and you strengthen those pathways through through challenging yourself like you do with any new skill but also um creating those pathways and and um and solidifying them so so they stay strong um you can't just do it you can't binge eat or binge work look after your mental health it's a it's a long process that that you really need to focus in on um as a as a long destination um that's not achievable rather than um a quick fix or a band-aid
0: yeah that's true mate well you can certainly be fit and be unfit in two weeks can't you and uh absolutely and uh you, you know and same with the mind like unless you're doing things to keep the mind uh uh, content. Then all of a sudden, you yeah, know, that can that can um, get imbalanced as well. But Mind you, mate, it's it's hard not to be anxious driving around Mumbai in a bus that's got bulletproof glass on it. Either I'd imagine. <laughs> <laughs> um.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know if you saw us leave the hotel, but um, it's it's the protocol for international cricketers, which I got used to after a while. But um, you actually, you've got two. You've got two army army tank like things, yeah, um, right. like the hummers hummers that are bulletproof, and you've got a bus. and You've got machine guns on the bus, and then you've got another one behind you. So, <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's fascinating. It's a fascinating change for having to stop and put fuel in your car on the way to the game because you you forgot to put in the night before when you're in Australia. That's for sure. Oh,
0: it's interesting, um, George. You know, George Bailey. He was uh, captain yep. of Mo- uh, Puna, and I uh, went to a game there, and uh, there was a lot more relaxed, mate. It was like going and playing at um, New Merca, for example, rather than playing <laughs> at, uh, at 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 Deacon Reserve. Put it that way, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: So, um, so yeah, I I really enjoyed it, mate. But it's a different world over there altogether, isn't it? You know, cricket in another country like that.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, and look, I think. Everyone wants to get to the IPL um, as a cricketer. Um, and it's interesting to see that there's a f- more and more English players that are pulling out now because um, mm-hmm. they initially couldn't get in. But I think the, the reality of bubbles, the reality of hotel life as well, um, that is a significant contributor to... Um, to mental health and, and emotional exhaustion. Um, it is nice to be able to, I've got two kids and you can probably hear one screaming at the moment. He's he's one and um, very enthusiastic about using his lungs. <laughs> but um, yeah, living out of hotels, it's great to have some quiet time every now and then, but I think that, that not being able to have that routine or even independence when you're in those, those big tournaments where you literally, your movements are dictated by the team. Um, mm. I know when we were at Mumbai, um, if I wanted to leave the hotel, nine times out of 10, there was one, there was a restaurant around the corner, which was about 30 meters from the hotel that we could go to without security, but everywhere else you would need plain security guards um, that the team, the team would arrange for you, mm. um, or you'd be escorted um, by police. So, um, that in itself um, was quite challenging. I know I played with quite a few Australians over there. and um, Yeah, it's got high, high potential for players to implode um, on a number of levels mm-hmm. if they're not careful. Um, and again, going to training and then try, going back to the hotel, fly somewhere and play the next day, it's a, it's not a glamorous life. Um, it's a great opportunity and, and a privilege to be in it, but the what you don't see is... Um, is a significant mental struggle um, for players to get through. And um, when you look at some of those, the top players like Ricky Ponting and um, Sachin Tendulkar and those guys, to, to be able to understand mental fortitude for them, that they just get up and they they bring their A game every day, mm. whether it's training or whether it's playing, the, the admiration that I've got for them in terms of how they balance that and mm. and still turn up every day is, is absolutely phenomenal. Yep. Um and cricketers in particular traveling the world like some other sports i think it's it's an amazing achievement for those guys and um they are actual true, true true legends um in in every way shape and form
0: yeah, it's interesting like thinking of ricky I've, I've met him a couple of times and that one of them was in uh, mumbai at the motel at having breakfast with my young bloke but he's been consistent he's the same all the time you know he's not he's not up and down <laughs> like that he's pretty pretty level yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah he is he's um, he's one of one of the best coaches that I've come across and look I was only with him for eight weeks in the IPL um, to see him as a coach but um, yeah look if, if the Australian team could get them get enough money and be able to push him away from a lot of the other things commitments that he enjoys I think he'd be a phenomenal coach but um yeah he's 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 truly an inspiration to to most people in the cricket community i think you would struggle to um to to have anyone really um speak ill of him that um there was hand on heart being genuine Mm
0: -hmm. unbelievable mate tell me um uh when did you play your last game
1: I think it was four years ago. Oh, this is how I, <laughs> I think it was four years ago. My last game was um, at the at Oval for Sydney Thunder, um, and I got caught at long on, which is ironic because that's where I got caught pretty much every other game. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that was it. I I knew before that game. I'd spoken to my wife. I was like, I'm done. I'm exhausted. Um, it's time. It's time for something new. Um, and yeah, that was it. I haven't, I haven't played a great game. I hadn't, hadn't played anything since. I think um, most of my cricket stuff's in storage in in Shepparton, believe it or not. Mm. Um, and yeah, it hasn't made the trip down to Tasmania. But yeah, it's, it's been, I think it's been four or five years now. So, uh yeah, I haven't looked back. I haven't, I haven't had an itch to scratch. But um, I still do keep an eye on on some people that I know um, and how they're going,
0: mate. What are you doing with yourself? You, you worked in cricket uh, for a while. I know you, you're down in Tassie living now. What, what are you doing to, uh, to earn a living? Are you just sort of taking it easy or...? <laughs> I am. <laughs>
1: no, look, um, I, when I left, I, I was in cricket ACT. I was a GM of high performance there for four years. That was my transition out while well, I was still playing Big Bash. Um, I moved to Melbourne and worked at, a, at, a, at an agency which was um, TLA Worldwide and my role was getting up the Cricket Australia account, and then I have seconded twice to Cricket Australia. Um, The last one was, I'd finished in November, um, which was the National Partnerships Manager. Mm. So it was quite challenging to get through COVID um, in a three-story apartment with two kids, one one being a newborn. Um, And obviously managing big team, managing big budgets, um, in (laughs) conditions that were changing literally by the hour. So I felt like I was playing cricket again. and yeah, look, I I'd, I'd had a chat with my wife, and we we were going to move to regional Victoria, but we started um, prices went through the roof, and we were we were just keen for a little bit of a, a stopgap. Um, so we bought a ticket to go in the spirit of Tassie, one-way ticket. We sort of give it six months to um, see what we liked about Tassie. Like we, um, I was here for two years uh, when I was playing, and my wife absolutely loved it. So. We decided to um, take the trip with no expectations or anything. I'd, I'd resign from my role, and yeah, we're we're now living in the in the Huon Valley. Um, I've just finished a neuro change practitioner course, um, mm. which is which has been really really great for me. Um, I don't mind a little bit of life and performance coaching. I used to do that, so I'm kind of do that as a bit of a hobby and um at the moment i'm yeah, unemployed and my wife's running her two businesses and we've got two kids on a five acre property so i i consciously decided to take a, a mental break um yeah. Yeah. after sort of 18 years in cricket full time um it was it was time for me to to stop and um and to reflect and also to to look forward mm. um working long hours and in the sort of corporate environment was was great um mm. but i needed i needed to stop I was, I, was, I was going to implode or I was going to have a breakdown. So mm. um, I recognised it, my wife recognised it and we decided to, to take a break and um, I, th- I don't think I'll get ever get another opportunity to, to take, what am I, three months into or four months into into a break but um, it's been great, um, been refreshing mentally. I'm back, I'm mm. back to where I wanted to be. I don't think I've been this fresh since I started playing cricket mm. Um and, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of open to opportunities at the moment and we'll just see where, where the world takes us. But um, currently, yes, I am not working. Um, I'm enjoying time with the kids and um, spending some time on the property.
0: Mm, amazing, mate. And I, I do know uh, the coach of Kingston Tigers, so I might be able to get you a game of footy. If you're interested in taking it back up again. <laughs> Mate, I,
1: can't, I couldn't touch my toes after an hour of training session, let alone getting through a game, I reckon.
0: Well, it could be a start to a new career for you, but uh, the the, uh, the super rules comp down in uh, Tassies or down Hobart's pretty strong, so I'm sure you'll, uh, you'll get a kick out there on that if you want to. It's over 35. So... Yeah. <laughs> You I, don't know, right. I don't
1: know that there'd be an insurance, insurance company that would insure me with my body. On. <laughs> Quite
0: amusing. Uh, unreal, mate. I'll tell you what, um, uh, very grateful for the chat, mate. I, I think uh, you, you've had a, an amazing journey and career from playing at SYC to where you are now. And, yeah, as you said, just enjoy the time off because you've had a full-on ride. And it's, you know, it's just like someone that's... Uh, that's on a farm or in a corporate job or whatever we've got to learn to give ourselves a bit of a rest you know and um it's, it's, it's an investment in ourselves because we can launch again and i just think uh you know with some of the resources that are around high bar explore a bit of yoga and meditation and those sorts of things while you're there and uh start to learn some new skills and they can be foundational skills that you can sort of you know build into your life and that can be a great uh, a great habit and tool to uh to, to you know keep you grounded moving forward rather than being anxious and you know hopefully you won't end up in a job where you are anxious and uncertain as much as what cricket <laughs> <are>. <laughs> yeah
1: late. no look on yeah I'm grateful for those 18 years um, and look, not to say that I wouldn't get back into cricket like it'll probably come knocking at some point but I totally agree with what you say I don't think it matters what profession you are in um, we all face very similar Similar challenges, whether you're able to verbalise or or do something about it or you choose to sort of suppress it and ignore it. Um, We are all going through different things. And, um, yeah, look, I I put my hand up um, and I hope that people listening have have got those opportunities as well to to reach out to, to get some help whether it's help or it's just a little bit of support i think we do take a lot on ourselves and particularly those with families um it gets quite chaotic when the kids are young as well so mm. finding finding an avenue to um to release some tension um whether that is playing sport or um or as meditation or yoga as you say or going for a bushwalk or chasing and waterfalls um, um like we're doing down here yeah. at the moment um yeah it's a uh, it's the time is now um i don't think things i think things are going to be tough in this world for for a little while longer so if you are struggling it's 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 there's no uh there's no quick fix or cure it's time to, to put your hand up and start doing something a little bit different and it's going to be uncomfortable but like learning a new skill that um the longer the longer you're in it um more committed the, the easier it gets so yeah, I'm I'm grateful for um for this chat, but um obviously you're doing some great stuff around the country as well, so. Yeah, congratulations to you as well. I think it's great that you're um you're out and about and really pushing your passion forward as well.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it, mate. Well, I've had to go through the stuff too to sort of come out the other side. And, you know, my, my whole vision is to, you know, help people by empowering them to be able to be more proactive than reactive. You know, I think the model we're in is really reactive. You know, we wait till something's wrong before we do something about it. But I just think maintenance is really important you know um you've got to you got to bring the maintenance tools into your life to stay physically fit but also you know mentally fit as well i think it's it's really really key particularly in you know, the environments that we're in and um a lot of us haven't got access to uh the beautiful waterfalls and that sort of stuff but you can find that <laughs> sense of <laughs> you can find that sense of calm it doesn't matter where you are mate it's just about getting out of the mind and back to the heart again you know and i just think that's uh that's the type of stuff that I want to try and help people um you know get to and that'll help um with 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 episodes of uh, of mental um illness but also potentially suicide which has been pretty relevant and common and particularly you know in country victoria where we're from it, it was escalating quite a bit so we've got to do what we can to try and empower others to uh you know to stay with us more than anything I suppose as well
1: yeah I totally agree I think you hit the nail on the head and um providing tools and awareness that's um that's, that's the key, so yeah, absolutely appreciate what you're doing and um, no, thank you for having me on the podcast.
0: Yeah, cheers, mate.